Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. TCL is a proud sponsor of the Score North Studios. Enjoy more of the things you love with TCL. Get in the know. Non-stop Vikings talk. It's Purple Daily on Score North and scorenorth.com. Welcome in to Vikings Ventland. I'm Phil Mackey. That's Judd Zolgad at a silent U.S. Bank Stadium, although I have a feeling it would be silent even if it was full of people. Declan Lagoff is producing, and we will be welcoming Vikings fans into this show throughout the next hour or two. Let's get a few thank yous out of the way. The Vikings just lost a devastating, devastating game to the Dallas Cowboys. Uh, but this episode of Vikings Vetline on the Purple Daily Podcast YouTube channel, also Apple, Spotify, scorenorth.com, where you can read Judd's analysis is powered by our friends at Corona Hard Seltzer. And I got a feeling, Declan Goff, this is a multiple seltzer night for you. I thought it was going to be a multiple uh, celebratory blackberry lime seltzer night for me, Phil. As you know, I like to rock the purple blackberry lime in the event of victories, but um, I'm going with mango sadness here. And and that's not to downplay the Corona mango. I'm just telling you that I have one for a win and I have one for a loss. It'll be multiple mango Corona Hard Seltzers, but you can't go wrong with cherry either or blackberry lime. There's plenty of great options. So, um, yeah, Corona Heart Seltzer is, uh, is is helping us wipe away the tears here. This is how it works on Vikings Vantline. This is the most interactive show in Minnesota sports, live on YouTube every single week, and also in a podcast form, like I said, Apple, Spotify, scorenorth.com. If you want to join the video with us, you can just email vikingsventline at gmail.com. We can't guarantee you're going to get in because I think we have a pretty loaded green room here coming up. Um, and, and the only rules we have are keep it 60 seconds or less because we got to keep the show moving as best as we can. We violate that all the time. And don't get us fired. Judd, your quick thoughts on what looked at for, for a while. It looked like Kirk Cousins best game as a Viking. Uh, he completed two fourth quarter comebacks. Couldn't get the third one at the end there. Uh, Vikings defense melts down against Andy Dalton and company, and it goes from "Wow, they just won their fourth straight game" to and now hold it. They're making an, they're making an announcement. Let's mute Judd here for a second. They're making announcements. Yep. Um, I'll give you my quick thoughts. Yeah, this went from being one of the most complete offensive performances. Like the headlines would have been Kirk Cousins' second fourth quarter comeback victory as a Vikings quarterback. Adam Thielen. Uh, extends his touchdown lead, Vikings offense clicking on all cylinders, and Vikings grind their way back to 500 with two home games in which they will be favored up on the horizon. And oh, by the way, I think the Packers just lost too. Okay. They just blew a lead to the Colts. I guess I haven't seen that final. But like those would have been all the feel-good headlines. And instead, the defense gets absolutely gashed by Andy Bleeping Dalton and company. 
And uh, a Vikings offense that was amazing for three hours just couldn't get it done. Justin Jefferson drops that pass. There was plenty of time. Uh, I'd like to see you know Cousins threw a couple passes to covered receivers, um, but that's just one of the most depressing ways you can lose a football game this season, Judd. Uh, that is a terrible loss. Yeah, I mean it, it was an it was a fun game to watch, and, and actually compared to like Detroit, which was just a blowout. The game had weird ebbs and flows, and uh, there, there's lots of talkers off this game, including a continued massive problem with special teams, which just continues to be a problem. And this is losing you games now. Um, but yeah, that the uh, the Jefferson drop actually stuns me. Like I am really really surprised. I, I think this is the first mistake that I've seen him make, and. That was a fine pass. I mean, there is no excuse for not catching the pass. But let me let me also um, delve into the subject of uh, predictability because the Jefferson drop brought up then a a third and six at the Vikings twenty nine. Okay, Phil Mackey. Yeah. Um, and I I looked around the press box and I said, well, this next pass is going to nineteen, and I know it, and Dallas knows it, and everybody knows it, and that's the predictability here that I actually don't like. Like that has to be a surprise, I think, of some sort because okay. Jefferson dropped the ball. Maybe go back to him. I don't know. Um, but this this is not on Kirk, okay? But for the second time this year, you were in a position where you had to, late in the game, but with plenty of time left in said game, drive down the field for a field goal, okay? So you don't have to drive down the entire field. You need to put yourself in a position for a field goal. Yeah. And um, for the second time the Titans game being the first one, it felt like it would have taken an act of God to do so for an offense that has weapons and for an offense that should be good. Uh, it's very disturbing to me that they went into that final drive, went four and out like they did, and it felt impossible. It shouldn't be impossible. This is Dallas's defense, guys. It's lousy. So I, I guess the end of the game bothers me just in the fact that it should not have been a huge ask uh, to bring Dan Bailey and realistically at some point on the field and tie the score up to force OT. And instead it ended up being a huge deal. And I'm not blaming Kirk. I'm just saying it bothers me that your offense, which should operate much more efficiently than that when it matters most did not today. Yeah. Again, we're, and we'll do our official pie chart of blame on the Mackie and Judd show, which is our other show tomorrow uh, when we have time to sort all this out. But and I see some people like we can see all your comments on YouTube and Facebook and we bring them into the show here too which is part of the reason why this is the most interactive show in Minnesota sports. If you want to join VikingsVentline at gmail.com and we can get you in. Um, a lot of people saying it's not on Kirk. Listen, I, I mean, this was, this was for, for almost all four quarters. This was Kirk's best work as a Vikings quarterback. And he was again, playing off the threat of Dalvin cook, leveraging mm-hmm. play action, Adam Thielen, red zone. I mean, all the things, Justin Jefferson in the second half. Um, I, I, I I almost need like someone to look at the all 22 to tell me why the Vikings offense looked like that on the final drive. And it looked nothing like it did in the first, you know, three quarters and, uh, and 14 minutes, Justin Jefferson, you can't drop that pass. Yep. I mean, but, he, he, he deserves some blame in that spot. You can't, but then third down after he drops that pass third down, can't be hopeless. And it felt like it. And, and again, I'll go back to, it was predictable. Like you knew Thielen was going to get that ball. Um, and for it to be that predictable with as many offensive weapons as you have, I think is a problem. I mean, you needed a first down there. You didn't need huge chunks of yards. Uh, and it felt like everyone said it's going to 19. And indeed it did. And the Cowboys knew that. And keep in mind again, too, the Cowboys defense is lousy. 
So like, we're not talking about the Bears last Monday night. We're not talking about a top five defense. We're talking about a defense that certainly can be exploited. And it felt like you couldn't do it. But I mean, that's the common thread in these last two drives with time left against Mm -hmm. the Titans and and, uh, Dallas, Phil. The common thread is that it ends up looking and feeling hopeless. And with the and with the weapons and personnel that you have, it shouldn't be that way. Like you should be able to get into field goal position to tie the score tonight, uh, force OT, and then guess what? Take your chances from there. Yeah. Listen, we're going to shut up here in just a second, and we're going to throw it to a bunch of Vikings fans and get your get your guys' thoughts. We're going to bring you into the video with us here on the Purple Daily YouTube channel. But I just want to say uh, a little little preview of our pie chart of blame tomorrow. Chris Jones, why are you making business decisions on defense? Yeah. Without job security, what in the hell was that can effort I, on the forty-two-yard touchdown run, dude? Get can, honestly, like he should be cut tonight. Don't even here, wait for tomorrow. Here's what's weird about that: it is Chris Jones and Chris Boyd are rotating, and I don't know how at that corner. And Chris not, Boyd, not and, anymore. Well, no, and Chris, but Chris Boyd, I think, and look, he's got faults too. I get that completely. But Chris Boyd makes that play. But but just quickly, Phil. This is why everybody in the last two or three years who said good riddance to Trey Waynes, Trey Waynes sucks, Trey Waynes is not good. You know who makes that tackle every single time and Trey was Wayne. great in run support? Trey Waynes. So, like, before we we dump on guys, oh, he's not a Pro Bowl player. He's No, Trey Waynes was fantastic against the run, and I guarantee you that Pollard on that play, gents, gets about six or seven yards, and it's a non-play. Yeah, yep. but like, like, what was he thinking? It reminded me a little bit of Cam Newton in the Super Bowl in this crucial spot where the game's on the line and the ball's on the ground, and his first instinct is, "Oh, I need to go get it," but then something stops him and says, "Yeah, actually, I'm. I don't want to get in the fray <laughs> with your punters." Like, dude, like, make the tackle. It was as if he is paid to cover guys, and in in run stopping, he's like, "Oh, I'm not paid for that." No, yeah, well, pretty somebody soon, else you, you ain't gonna be paid, paid for for, for anything after but that anyway, effort today. Chris Boyd should play. Like Chris Boyd would give you a chance, I think. Agreed. So Judd is at U.S. Bank Stadium. Uh, Declan's drinking Corona Hard Seltzers. Phil Mackey here. Um, and we've got a bunch of Vikings fans ready to rock and roll. So, Dex, let's just uh, let's start racking them up here. This is uh, the Falcons' loss might still be the worst loss of the season, but considering the circumstances and considering how great the Vikings' offense played all day, this is the most devastating loss of the season. <laughs> and uh, we'll see what we'll see what fans think here. So go ahead, Dex. Yeah, we'll get Matthew in. And just for a listen, uh, a little listener update too. We have a full room as of right now. So if you're trying to get in and it's blocking you, just keep trying to get in, clicking that link, and uh, we'll, we'll get you in to start. But we will start with uh, Matthew here to kick us off on Vikings Vent Line. Matthew, what's up, dude? What's up, guys? I don't even know what to say anymore. I am, I, I am just appalled. I live in Dallas, even to make it worse. Um, I will say, though, Cousins did play a good game. I'm the biggest Kirk Cousins hater of all time. I believe that he should been cut um, this time when he stepped on the field literally this year. I blame this game on Zimmer, though. Zimmer, Zimmer's a problem. He doesn't prepare his defense, I don't think. I think, you know, everyone says that Zimmer – you know, get the guys ready. I, I just don't think so. I mean, guys, we lost to a Dallas Cowboys team who is two and seven, now three and seven. Like, it is bad. This is bad. And you know what? I think Judd said it. He's like, you know what? Hey, we beat Green Bay. We beat uh, Detroit. We beat Chicago. Let's go. Run with it. And now it's kind of like, what's the point? Yeah, okay, so, so Matthew, your timing is very good here. Freezing cold takes on Twitter retweets. Our friend Tom Pelissero from August 18th. It's an interview with Mike Zimmer in Vikings training camp. 
And Mike wow. Zimmer says, quote, I've never had a bad defense ever, so I don't anticipate that changing. You just yeah. made freezing cold takes. <laughs> Here's the thing. Here's the thing. I blame Zimmer completely right now because he did not keep one veteran corner. And don't even tell me how Holton Hill is a veteran corner when he misses eight games uh, for smoking weed. Yeah, that's not that's not a veteran corner. Um, you should have kept McKenzie Alexander or or a Trey um, – God, who was it? Who you guys just mentioned? Trey Williams. Uh, Wins, yes. Um, he would have made that tackle. Chris Jones, no idea who the hell Chris Jones is. Get him off the team. I'm so I'm so done with this team. Um, watching the Packers right now, and they're down by three, and they just came back and scored. And we can't even get a first down. And, you know, Justin yeah. is a stud, and missing that ball, it's a big play. But then again, I'm not going to put it on him. Um, like I said, I think that Zimmer is a problem, and I think that it starts with him. And by – by God, Cousins needs to be done. Matthew, thanks, thanks for leading us off, man. We appreciate it. You Love brought passion. passion. You brought some good yep. takes. Um, let's keep let's keep rolling here, Dax. I, yeah. I, it's amazing. We see like, it, it, just for people watching, like Declan said, uh, our room is full right now, and so just as people jump off, you can try again. But we'll we'll be here for a while. So keep what, trying. Let's uh, let's go for a little audible here with Stephen and Ava. I think a young Vikings fan who gets to experience oh. a a great heartbreaking mm-hmm. loss here. Oh no, start them young. Yeah, with the we're, we're back. Um, so I don't even really need to talk about the game today. It was just the most meh, predictable Vikings game you could ever have imagined. But I just want to talk about why this team is so frustrating. You come into the end of the year, we start off one and five. Everyone's saying, all right, let's tank for Trevor. And we're all in for it. And then they mess that up. They win a couple of games back to back. And then we're like, okay, maybe this is a top 10 team. Maybe we can do this. Maybe we can make the playoffs. And we turn around and lose to the two and seven Cowboys. So it's like we suck at being bad. And now apparently we suck at being good, too. And you just can't win with this team. Yeah, I mean, it's the it's sort of the worst case scenario now because you you crawled your way out of the and I see you with so many tank comments coming in here too. Dylan on our screen right now. Embrace the tank. Well, like, anymore. They, they failed to embrace the tank and they fought and they got everyone to buy back in. And then at the start of a three-game home stretch against teams that are bad, it's, it, really, it is the most – yeah, exactly. She's right. She's 100% right. She's, yeah, she's 100% spot. Go ahead. Yeah, exactly. Take the, spot, take the spotlight. You're exactly right. That's pointless, how it feels. Pointless, the rest of your pointless. life – you have years and years left of this, and I yep. apologize. I apologize for your dad. I apologize for all of us. I really do apologize. Yeah, it, I was starting to get ready. I was like, okay, maybe we can make one playoff game and I can just be disappointed later in the season. Now I'm back <laughs> to just being ready to be disappointed by another cornerback at pick 16. Steven, listen, I don't, I, I'm not here to question your ability as a father, but the fact that you're subjecting little children to what we saw for three hours today <laughs> against the Dallas Cowboys, starting to question, man, starting to question. Can she snap? I mean, I, I stuck through it. She started can crawling she long snap? halfway through. Can she long <laughs> yeah. snap? I mean... <laughs> Start her now. First snap. female, really got an arm yeah. First female National Football League long snapper. She's got a great yeah. chance. They're yeah. Zim will give her a chance. Actually, real quick, uh, Stephen. Thank you, Ava. Thank you for uh, for starting your your tenure as a suffering Vikings fan. So young. The special teams. All right. There's so many things to talk about today. And how about this? So the special teams has just been the fact that they haven't lost a couple of these games, like to get two punts blocked against the Lions and like to have two punts blocked in the game and not lose is amazing. So the special teams, we had uh, we had a, a, a botched, uh, a muffed punt by KJ Osborne early in the game. Right. Yep. You got it. Back. And then they got it back. 
And then they run a beautiful fake punt. Just a nobody sees it coming fake punt. Colquitt drops back and j- like just drops back like Bradshaw in the 70s <laughs> to Lynn Swan, man. Just floats a perfect spiral up there. And for God's sakes, illegal motion, illegal shift before the snap. Did- Wipes it all out. The least that disciplined too? freaking special teams units in the NFL. Nate, uh, Nate Tice, Mike's kid, uh, tweeted mm-hmm. it, and and it is Chris Boyd couldn't help himself. Like as the ball so snap, he's like, I'm going to be open. I'm going to be open. And and here's the problem too. That play, great play. It's gone now. It's gone. Like you ran it. So you yep. can't like come back in three weeks and be like, hey, we're going to do that again. Everyone mm-hmm. is now prepared for that play. So like you had this play. It got you a first down. It looked perfect. And then the, the worst part is Chris Boyd on the ensuing punt, which, of course, they have to punt, goes down and throws an illegal block and, and I believe puts the Cowboys at midfield to which they then score points. Yeah. And like, illegal like this cost that. Today. And this it, cost Chris Boyd. And Chris Boyd also dropped the game-winning interception, and that was kind of yeah. tough because he had his eye—he had the eyes on the, the defender, and he turned at the last right. second. But that ball hit him right between the numbers, and so Chris Boyd negates a perfect fake punt. He somehow, as a gunner, gets the illegal block in the back penalty. Like he just shoves a guy in open field. Like what are you doing? His back is turned to you. Just go around him. Just yeah. unbelievable. All right, Dex, who do we got next? Yeah, let's uh, let's go to John C. John C. You're on Vikings event line. How's it going? Good What's up, man. John. Hey, a lot of crumb hard seltzers for this one, John. Yeah. Honestly, I was obviously very disappointed right after the game and with the kind of Kirk Cousins desperation throughout the end. But to me, it just feels like I don't know how to feel after this game. I, I don't put it all on Kirk Cousins. He he made a couple drives that were some great throws to Justin Jefferson. Um, to me, I think it was the first half versus the second half. The start of the game, there was a lot of play action. It wasn't the, you know, let's start out, let's just run the ball no matter what and just pound it down their throats because it's going to work, you know, eventually. Um, but then the second half, when they started, it was, you know, Dalvin, 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 and they just ran it, ran it, and then they got that play action 50 yards to Thielen, which opened that up. And I think that's just – when I the second half to me was, was what they did last week and what they need to – continue to do so yeah i think another disappointing thing about this game is you know if we would if this would have been a win we would have been tied with chicago second place in the division now we're tied with detroit so i mean this was a pivotal game and kind of like people were saying it's like this supports the eight and eight campaign that is probably reality now so it's unbelievable john thanks for coming on man we we appreciate it um Yeah, I mean, like, I still think they're probably going to win their next two games. But at this point, I have to go back to advocating for losses. I have I have to ad- advocate for them losing out if they want to just make any sense of the season. If they finish 7-9, it's just a waste if they finish 7-9. That's where this <laughs> but, is headed now. But you, you know as well as I do, they are not going to – like, they'll win at least one of the next two, if, if not both. And then, I, I mean, that's the thing is, like, if you were going – this – homestand against again i'll say it three teams a combined six and 22 right you had an opportunity to sweep through this what come out of it seven and five be in good good shape if they add an eighth playoff seed you were in great shape um but man it's disappointing too because you know the falcons game they just were awful like they just were terrible and you buried them this was a game where dallas is not that good but it's not like the vikings were terrible across the board right so it's not like they came out and 
laid down and didn't play well. What worries me too is this one, okay? You are trying actively now, and I'm not shocked, to win games at any cost. Uh, gentlemen of the past, six days, I believe. Dalvin Cook has fired 66 bullets as far as touches go, okay? 66, he has 66, 34 against the Bears, 32, if I'm not mistaken, today. Um, Those are bullets you're not getting back. Like in two years, you're not going to get those back. So you're actively trying to win games. I get why, but it is a shame that you are, are using Cook to this extent without the results now being there, right? Because, I mean, the touches are incredible. Like, this is probably some type of record pace. I think what's also tough, Eric Eager pointed this out, our friend from Pro Football Focus, is in those key situations when there's a minute and a half left and you got one timeout and you need to go all the way down the field to win the game or kick a field goal, whatever, you really can't use Dalvin Cook that much. Like, he's he's never going to be your first option in that scenario. Now, luckily, you have other great options. Justin Jefferson dropped one of those passes and Thielen. But it's like your most versatile, best offensive player is really only on the field to like pick up blitzers and be a checkdown option, but you don't have enough time to just do a bunch of checkdowns. So it's it's tough in those spots that you just can't really use Dalvin. Uh, Dex, who else we got here? Let's go to another fan mm-hmm. here. Let's go to uh, Devin. Devin, you're on Vikings Ventline. What's up, buddy? What's up, guys? How we doing? Devin, what'd you think, man? Ah, oh, man. Okay. Really, the only thing that I wanted to hop on here for was uh, to talk about Jeff Gladney. So it seemed like to me every single time I saw a pass going to uh, or going against the Vikings defense, Jeff Gladney was at at some level involved with um, a big catch, uh, whatever it was. I don't remember the play, but actually, no, he was the he was the cornerback who gave up the. Big, big catch by uh, 88, uh, Lamb. CD Lamb. You got to, you got to, got to, got to be able to cover him. I don't know. Does he need help? Does, I guess the entire, the entire secondary is looking rough. Sorry about that. But uh, it's, I don't know. That secondary needs a lot of help. And Jeff Gladney has been eaten alive this year. So yeah. what do you guys think? Yeah. yeah, Devin, thanks for coming on, man. I mean, Judd, I think, I think Gladney has been, better than I would have expected considering he's a rookie and the Vikings are facing a lot of today. wasn't an example, but a lot of great quarterbacks on their schedule. And I think he's mostly held his own relative to what you would expect this season. But some of Jeff Gladney's mistakes are magnified by the fact that, all right, he's not the only rookie out there. You've got Chris Boyd over here and you've got Cam Dantzler. Like they're just running rookie after rookie after inexperienced guy out there. And so, you know, he just, he's, he's just, he's just part of a system of inexperience and it's, it's tough. Gladney can't be blamed because we spent the entire spring and summer talking about the fact that the Vikings were basically playing with fire by going to all of these young corners. And and that was a first guess. And we were right. In my mind, Gladney's improved. But, I'm you know, you're not going to be great in his shoes every week for a couple of years. This takes some time. Uh, this is very much the Vikings' decision. Like, I mean, what you're seeing, if, if you're frustrated by the corners play, I get the Chris Jones non-tackle is not excusable. But if you are frustrated by them in coverage, that's not really them. That's the people that chose to play them. And that's why we spent how long, Phil, April, May, June, July, saying, are are you sure you don't want to go try and at least sign a veteran corner here? And they did not. So I don't blame Gladney. I don't blame Dantzler. I think this comes back on the people that decided to play them uh, because it's going to take time. And, And you name me, Phil one rookie corner that you've seen step in with this team and be great. 
roads developed, but that took a couple of years. Like yeah, I it's, can't, it's, I can't name you one guy who from day one, you said unbelievable talent and I trust him completely. In today's NFL, it's probably the hardest. It might even be harder than quarterback to just jump in and be great right away just because of the way that offenses have become so favored by the rule books and the officials. You know, as a quarterback, a young quarterback, you're seeing Justin Herbert. I mean, Tua got benched today, but you're seeing young quarterbacks come in right away and not be in over their heads too badly. Like sometimes with bad organizations like um, Sam Darnold might look in over his head, but that's because those guys can come in and dictate and and there are receivers all over the place that aren't being you know held and clutched and and uh, stopped from going where they want to go. As a cornerback, you're trying to get used to NFL speed for the first time. It's just oh, yeah. a barrage of great quarterbacks. So yeah, it's and with no preseason, no offseason workouts. I'm actually pleasantly surprised with like, the 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 unit hasn't been great, but they haven't been as much of a disaster as I would have thought. So um, let's jump Col- in. Uh, just one. Yeah, Colts just won. Who cares? Who cares now? Other than Packer Ventline being hilarious <laughs> tomorrow say, on don't, Mac, that's uh, good. don't dismiss that. That's the best part. <laughs> and that's right. You know, even though the Vikings gave us all a crap sandwich today, if you're looking to make fun of the Packers, join us for Mackie and Judd tomorrow. The podcast, mm-hmm. Apple, Spotify, scorenearth.com uh, for Packer Ventline. All right, let's get our next guest in here. Dex. Let's go to uh, Trevor. Trevor, what's going on, dude? How's it going, fellas? What's going yeah. on, man? After watching that game, it's it's hard to really think what my my feelings are because I I went on the tank for Trevor with you guys. You convinced me on that, and then it's like now that we're on this win streak, I want to win, and then we lose to the Cowboys, and it's like now where am I? It's it feels like it's this can almost continuous cycle of. We're going to fall in that realm of we're not going to necessarily get the game-changing player in the draft that could help us get to the next level. We're going to be sitting in that in that middle spot. So for, for cheering in games, it, that part's frustrating. To talk about the actual game today, I know there's been a few callers that have talked about you know Zimmer and the frustrations there, and I, I don't know if I can blame it all on Zimmer. I feel like he he did a good job and and trying to dial up some things for the defense and the players just didn't make plays. They didn't execute how we should. So uh, the Chris Jones tackle has been a conversation for sure. But then on top of that, it's just the the players aren't making plays and, and they're rookies. I mean, we expected this. And then uh, I think it really showed today, not having Hunter. I mean, not having Daniel Hunter, maybe having that off the edge. Does that get you the win today that we needed? So, I mean, it, having those injuries, having uh, defensive players that are young, we've been able to survive the last three games through that, but then is now reality setting in again with, with the young defense. I mean, they, they're, they're playing well, but again, they're young. Uh, it's, it's, it's a challenge that poses because our offense, I think, did enough to win the game, but then our defense, uh, they had some issues across the line. And again, that I, I think that's kind of what we're in for this season with injuries, with being young. Kirk Cousins played well today. You can't blame it on Kirk Cousins today. The offense I thought looked really well, but it, it came down to we couldn't stop the two and seven, now three and seven Cowboys. Yeah. And Trevor, Trevor, great stuff, dude. Thanks for coming in. And I think you, I think you just laid out a lot of good points, and we should respond to a couple of them here. I'm so Judd. mad. I'm mad. That that uh, 
Jefferson did not catch that ball, and here's why. I would have loved to have seen what the Vikings would have done because they they would have gotten you know a first down and significant yards after that catch, I think. Um, and he has to catch that ball. He knows that. I would throw that ball to him again if I was Cousins in a second. Uh, but I would have loved to have seen then the onus shift back on Kirk at, at that point in time because it would have given you a really good opportunity, if nothing else, to get yourself and Bailey into field goal position. So I think that's the most upsetting play to me individually of that last drive because uh, that's such a bad drop, and he's the last guy on earth that I thought would have dropped that ball. Yeah, and it's like, like obviously it – it it takes some of the blame for anyone looking maybe me for anyone for anyone looking at Kirk under a microscope mm-hmm. and trying to pin late game blame on him. The Jefferson drop takes that blame in part off of Kirk. But I want to I want to dive deeper on that and then address something else that um, that our last guest brought up because he asked he said I don't think you can blame Kirk and I am not here. Listen, Kirk Cousins for three quarters and fourteen minutes played. Maybe the best quarterback he's ever played as a Minnesota Viking. He had a perfect mm-hmm. passer rating until that final drive. And I don't know, did he did he wind up with a perfect passer no. rating still no. in the end? 140, I think, something. 40.1. So he was yeah, 22 of 30. Yep. Here's the thing. The Vikings have been in situations like that a lot in the last three years where the game is close. And I don't care like how they got there, okay? Like obviously there's blame to go around for how they got there, but this is the NFL. Games go back and forth. Defenses make mistakes. Offenses score and then give the other team the ball with a couple timeouts and some time on the clock. And this is what happens all the time. Okay. And statistically, this isn't even just me like, you know, off the top of my head. Okay. Statistically, Kirk Cousins converts fewer opportunities in those situations than basically every quarterback in the NFL. Like, like, and when I say every quarterback in the NFL, the last like six or seven years, I mean, Baker Mayfield, I mean Blaine Gabbert, I mean some of the worst quarterbacks you've seen over the past five or six years, okay? He never converts in those situations. And I get that Justin Jefferson dropped a pass, and that's not Kirk Cousins' fault. It was a perfect pass. But why do they never convert in those situations? Why does he come in to that drive with a perfect passer rating, playing the best he's ever played, finding Justin Jefferson and finding Adam Thielen and they're unable to even cross the 50-yard line to set up for a field goal. Why? Again, I, I, I am I not saying that it's 100% his fault. Justin Jefferson shouldn't drop that pass. But for God's sakes, you can't more than once, more than once in three years as the Vikings quarterback, complete a fourth-quarter comeback victory? Come on now. Today I can answer the question very simply. Eager e- pointed it out, and he's exactly right. The reason why Kirk in that situation can't do it is because the Vikings offense rotates and and revolves from drive to drive around 33, not eight Dalvin cook. And if you take the threat of, well, you know what, if Dalvin gets the ball, he might get a chunk of yards, but he's not going to kill us out. And now I'm not concerned. You've changed the dynamic of the game completely. And the Vikings and the Vikings stew, the Vikings stew for three plus quarters tastes pretty damn good because cook is really good. Um, But then, then, that last drive, which is so crucial, do you know what I do? I take the key ingredient and I say, do it without this. Mm-hmm. And you can't do it. So so literally, the way that this offense operates, if you remove that component, that's why I come back to he's a puppet string quarterback. 
because you have now taken out the most important component. And when that's gone, Phil, your the whole the whole equation of how this is supposed to work is changed completely. And now eight goes to the top of that marquee. That's a real problem. This is the problem. Yeah, you're right, because when you go into that final drive, guess what? The threat of Dalvin Cook is gone. The threat of Dalvin Cook exists up until the point where they know you can't hand it to him. And then it's on Kirk. This and is why it, it's on Justin Jefferson to not drop a pass. Sorry, this, this is why I don't do dessert. I, I, I what, why can't I just enjoy the meal? Because then I get the dessert and I puke it all up and everything comes bad. This is why I don't do dessert, guys. This is why I don't do dessert. What are you, a dog? Yeah, I am a dog. Just feed me the <laughs> ingredients that I need. And then once you throw in something sweet, I don't want it. I don't want it. Just saying. Well, yeah. the, the other point that the last guest <laughs> brought up was that the Vikings, you know, once again, they're in this middle ground. And that's the most frustrating thing to me watching this team for three plus decades. They're almost always in that middle ground. Once every 10 years, they're an NFC championship game team. Mm-hmm. They were in 2017, 2009, like 1998, a couple times there, 98, 2041 donut. But like once every 10 years, they're, they're at least a Super Bowl caliber team that comes up short. Uh, and then once every 10 years, they're like, they're never like bad enough for the number one pick, but they're like three and 13 and have to like find a new coach or something. Right. But the other eight years out of every 10 year cycle, they are not good enough to win a Super Bowl or compete on that level. And they're not bad enough to change their franchise with a top, top pick, a quarterback, a Trevor Lawrence. And here we are again. It's just like this has been the most pointless month of football ever. They beat three division teams just enough to get you out of the top franchise changing quarterback sweepstakes. And then they lose a game that they shouldn't lose to Dallas, putting you right in that six and 10, seven and nine zone. So pointless. So let's tackle the why of that point, though. And the why is because you are fundamentally trying to operate and win games with strategies that really don't work. This offensive system does not really work. And do you know why? Because, and I don't care what you try and tell me about Kirk, the problem with the coaching staff is they don't trust him. Look, first quarter of this game, gents, it's second and 11, okay? Second and 11. This is 2020, not 1986, not 1975. Second and 11. And what are you doing? You're running the football in the first quarter. You tell me. How many quarterbacks in 2020 that you trust do you say handoff to 33 again, again for another touch? It makes no sense. It's how, but this is the problem with the operation. And this is why it doesn't really give you a chance to to succeed here because you are so flying in the face of how football is played now and you really don't care. But ultimately, the game itself is going to make you care. Yeah. You know, I mean, we're sitting here and the Vikings have had two of the greatest running backs of the last 20 years and Adrian Peterson and Dalvin Cook. And it 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 makes them competitive and it's super fun. And I think if Dalvin stays healthy for a couple more years, he's probably going to go to the Hall of Fame and he becomes maybe the second. Maybe the maybe he becomes the greatest Vikings running back of all time if he keeps doing this stuff, but probably the second greatest Vikings running back of all time. But it's so hard to win at the top level when your offense and team is so reliant on running the ball mm-hmm. the way Adrian had to be fed in 2007. Of course, the one year that they almost did win the Super Bowl, they, they actually built their offense more around Brett Favre and the things he wanted to do. And Adrian was it was sort of like passed to set up the run with a Hall of Fame running back in 2009. It was ideal. And this year, it is very much run to set up the pass. And I, the point that you and Eric Eager made 
that answered my question. Why can't they pull out games late in the fourth quarter under Kirk Cousins? And you're right, because you take away the thing. Like The reason why Kirk was so great today is because of the threat of Dalvin Cook. A lot of these big plays, you know, he had some plays where they were shotgun five wide or whatever, but like when you can play action and you can suck these defenders in, there was a play to Adam Thielen where they showed the all 22 cam and it's a play action fake to Dalvin Cook with, with action moving to the right. Defenders come up, Adam Thielen runs a route against the seam going, going away from all the action wide open. Like, the, like that's how everything is schemed. That play you cannot run with a minute and a half to go. And you're and you need a uh, well and you and you need what like forty or fifty yards like they will not buy into a fake handoff in that spot so you guys nailed it right. Uh, all right let's shut up here mostly me I'll shut up and then we can get to more Vikings fans here Vikings vent line powered by Corona Hard Seltzer live on Purple Daily YouTube channel youtube.com slash Purple Daily Podcast with Mackie and Judd Declan producing and you can find Judd's post game written work at scorenorth.com you can also find our other show Mackie and Judd five days a week or we'll uh, give our pie chart of blame tomorrow. But Dex, who's our next guest? Let's go to uh, Connor. Connor, you're on Vikings Bentland. Hey, guys. How you doing? Uh, oh, man, there's so much stuff that comes up for me there. Um, first thing, as like a fan from Scotland, it's taken me a little longer to get into the game, and some of these rules are a little bit crazy. I'm, I'm just starting to get a hold of this one where the offensive linemen are too far down the field on a passing play. I've just about got my hold of that. And then you come at me today with like no motions on, on punts. Like what is <laughs> what is going on there? Like too many rules in this game. <laughs> but um, you know, the, you know, you know well, Connor, you... maybe you should just stick to binging the crown on Netflix. All right, that's my. <laughs> I gotta say, I could also do with some Corona hard seltzers over here because you know some pure beach <laughs> vibes go, really warm up this go. night. <laughs> but uh, Love it. I think listening to you talk there, it's not. I don't even think about it as like a Cook versus um, Cousins thing, you know. It's the whole construction of the team. I heard you. I think I heard it was you guys were talking this week about you know this team doesn't need a third wide receiver because you run the ball. You got two great wide receivers in the tight end. But when you come to those plays at the end of the game, you need that third wide receiver. You need guards who can block and pure passing plays. You need you know a different construction of a team rather than one that's just going to run the ball down your throat. Yeah, I mean it's tough when you look out there and Declan's guy Chad Beebe is the third oh. wide receiver, or 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 you give you give BC Johnson another shot to be the third wide receiver, and uh, and what did he pick up a face mask penalty on his yes. like, only? What his name? Catch. When I heard, I was, I'm like, who's 81? I've not seen 81 in a what yeah. BC Johnson? He's out there. Oh, face mask. Yeah, guess we yeah. won't see him again for a while. Yeah. yeah. So, well, listen, Connor, we appreciate you coming on and uh, and jumping in from across the pond. What time is it there? It's got to be like two in the morning or something. Yeah, one in the morning here. Um, <laughs> one, one last thing I'll say quickly before I go. The, uh, the the football or soccer team that I support here growing up, we went 114 years without winning the Cup. So, uh, you know, we can all settle in for a few more decades yet. <laughs> Thanks for the good news. Thanks, Connor. <laughs> Appreciate it. Some optimism and perspective there. Yes. Things that we, we don't necessarily like to bring to the show, but Connor did. Hey, thought on on the last drive. um, Where was Irv Smith possibly like Irv Smith is the exact type of guy who, if I'm trying to drive the ball down the field, I probably look to at least um, a little bit. And some yak too. He got two passes for 23 yards. Again, I don't understand. I don't understand the hesitancy to use him more as a hybrid type of uh, tight end 
receiver because I think he certainly got that capability. Uh, I would definitely at least look to him, and it feels like there's large chunks of games where he's playing and disappears. So it just seems odd to me. Yeah, I mean, I, th- I think I saw Kyle Rudolph on the field for a couple of those plays at the end. Um, I'd like to see – yeah, I'd, like, I'd, I'd have to go back and see if, you know, it was Irvon for um, for that fourth down play. I don't know. And and a bunch of people have brought up, of course, you know, a, you know, if if you had a quarterback who's more mobile, you have a better shot in those situations. Wow. It, it really yeah. handcuffs you when when you have a passing game predicated on playing off play action and very little mobility out of your quarterback. Like you have to be, you have to protect. You have to be super precise. You can't drop passes. And when you don't do all of those things, you're not going to convert with a minute and a half left in a timeout. Looks like we have Chansey in the queue here, ready to rock. So yes, let's, we do. Let's get our guy Chansey, usually in Fargo. Where are you today, sir? Calling you guys from the uh, Holverson Garage, sitting in the uh, boat. And uh, I picked this location today because I'm going to throw another uh, stupid, crazy analogy at you guys. So last week, I called with my fireside chat, and I'm saying, I can't believe how good this defense looks, right? And there's guys that I've never heard of that are making plays. Okay, so I took this boat in to get winterized earlier in the fall, thinking, I know Minnesota, it's getting cold, it's going to get crappy, the snow's going to be on the ground. And then a couple of weeks later, it's starting to be kind of a nice October, November, you're like, what? I could still be boating. I... And, and then now it sucks again, it's cold, and I'm snapping the covers on this thing tonight, and I'm thinking that's the same way this Viking season is. Last week, I was buying into that November, October weather, even though I knew better. And then today, here's Chris Jones trying to make a tackle. You know Dude. that guy I was talking about I've never heard of last week that was Dude. supposedly playing well? Well, now, this week, he's that same idiot that'll be, uh, you know, playing in uh, the Arena Football League or something next year. So it was fool's gold. And I admit it, I fell into it. It was stupid. I bought into the ridiculous idea that, you know, I, I really was, I wasn't buying into that they were some kind of a Super Bowl team. I was just buying into relevancy, like thinking, mm-hmm. hey, what the hell? Let's have fun with this. Let's, yeah, we'll see what can go. And, and like you guys said, now it's, it, we're, we're in the seven to nine bit. They're, they're going to be drafting 10 to 14, and that's where this team is. How does this special teams coach have a job anymore? This is Who a is really anyway? Marwin Marwin oh, Malouf, and, and he's been there for at least two or three years now. And I have no idea. And I fully expect that his termination will come late tonight and be announced tomorrow, dude. Yeah, he's so like he's going to get fired, right? Like he, I think I he, yeah. he has to get fired. Right? I mean, can but I want you guys to put yourself in his shoes for just a brief, fleeting moment during this game? So he's in the last couple weeks. It's been and it's all self inflicted, but it's just been one. Big time special teams mistake after another block punts. You got uh, you got a, a long snapper that rolls ground balls. It's all these terrible things, and he's getting screamed at on the sidelines by Mike Zimmer, and the cameras are picking it up. And all of a sudden, they get the perfect look on a fourth and ten for a fake punt, and he's probably sitting over there like, "Oh, we're gonna make up for all of these mistakes. This is amazing." And Colquitt drops back, and it's it's slow motion. The NFL Films music is playing. And he floats a perfect pass, and the Vikings convert the first down. And for that moment right there, Maloof is probably on the sidelines, ready to high-five Mike Zimmer. See? 
and there's laundry on the field. And it's Chris Boyd so excited that the fake punt look is out in front of them. And he and he's just tap dancing over by the sidelines like, guys, throw it to me. He's like throw it to me. Down. It's he's like, like jumping dude, up and down home down, you idiot. What are you doing? But, you're gonna get me you're gonna get me fired. But the whole play, but the whole the whole surprise of the play exists in not getting excited prematurely. Like that's how that's how the play works. Like you've got to be like if you're coaching that play, you have to be like Chris. Oh I don't care. Oh, I don't oh care guys. if you're about to I'm catch a touchdown pass. I'm just open. be just calm down and stand there stationary. And instead, he's like, and this is pre-snap. This is pre. And then he takes a stupid penalty after that, which puts the Cowboys at midfield and they score. Um, I I really I really do think with Mike have having the patience that Mike does or does not have Chancey. I really do. I will not be surprised if his press conference tomorrow includes the news of the termination of the special teams coordinator. I won't be, won't be surprised well, at all. That, that would be deserved it. And you know, the last thing I, I would say on, on the game, like you guys have been hitting on this and, and I really uh, I like your analysis there, Judd with the, uh, when the play action is not an option at the end of games, you know, and, but I've been on this, calling and saying the same thing over and over. And I've, I've been mostly saying it needs to be more of a passing offense, but ultimately what I realized is that the margin of error, the way they try to play football is so slim, so tight that it, you've got 11 guys on the field running how many plays and it only takes one guy screwing up one thing at one second to make the game go the wrong way versus other teams. Margin of error is wider. The quarterback scrambles. He gets outside the pocket. He makes an unpredictable play. Just because Justin Jefferson dropped a pass doesn't mean that Aaron Rodgers and Patrick Mahomes go, well, that was the game. Head to the showers. Let's get the cold water running. It's not over for other teams, and it is for us. And I'm sick Amen, and dude. tired of That's the margin of error factor, right? We're going to play this running the ball ball possession, defense-oriented game where we're going to win by two. With a, we got to make an extra point, and we got to make a 53-yard field goal. No. <laughs> There's That's too true. many variables that can go wrong, and it and you know if you're a Vikings fan that one of them is going to, if not seven of them. I mean, it's ridiculous to think that way. We have to have the attitude we're blowing people out. We're removing the margin for error. We're beating you by 30, not one. I'm sick. of It just you can't win that way. Not consistently. You can win that way one or two games, and then you fall back down to earth against the two and seven Dallas Cowboys, and you realize, oh yeah, that really doesn't work. Yeah, um, and then Chancy, and then of course, like when you do put it all, when you use that formula, and and you put it all together in 2017, and everything goes right up until the NFC Championship game, and you get smoked. It's sort of valid. It's the approach of let's get 11 perfect defensive players all in their prime, all healthy. Let's do ball control on offense and let's have a quarterback that's there to manage the game and have all those things come together every single week for full seasons. It's like 2017 was their pot of gold. Like you had everything go right with the formula that you built and you got smoked in the NFC championship game. And that's why for the first month and a half this season, I was so excited for the Vikings. Like, Oh man, this is your exit strategy. You can get out of that. You can get a franchise-changing quarterback, and you can just you can reset and have a bunch of talent for next year. And you know it's hard to be super mad because like what they've done over the last month is 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 they've shown fight and they've shown that there is some talent, and they've also shown that they haven't quit on Mike Zimmer. So there's a lot of things that you can be happy about, but it also just puts you back in that same middle ground that you've been talking about, Chancy. 
basically every week here. Dalvin Cook validates Mike Zimmer's strategy. And in that alone, it makes me almost kind of secretly not like Dalvin Cook. I mean, Dalvin Cook's a great player. But if it wasn't Dalvin Cook, right, if it was just run-of-the-mill average running back. Alexander Madison. Yeah. Then you wouldn't be talking about this because everybody would see the fault and the logic and go, this will never work. How can we play like this? But it's just a circle where you keep running around and Mike Zimmer's, every time you're ready to stomp on the bug that's Mike Zimmer's strategy, somebody else pops up and they win two games in a row. You're like, well, maybe, but we all know not really. It's never going to work. Signing off from the uh, Halverson ship, I'm going to snap the cover on this boat. Uh, There's a lot of Viking ship lines I could say. This ship's sinking, but but I'm just going to snap the cover on this, winterize this. The Viking season just got winterized. See make sure you yep. make sure you make sure you tip the uh, Alan Almos workers on that boat too, <laughs> and hide the evidence. Just go just get the drill. Boat party, boat mm-hmm. party. All right, who else we got? Who's our next guest? Declan let's, Vikings let's vent line. Yeah, let's go to Mike L. Mike, you're on a Vikings vent line. What's up, dude? Hey guys, how are you doing? Good man. What's happening, dude? Oh, uh, not much, not much. Um, big fan of the show. Uh, first time calling in. So uh, from Portland, Oregon. So um, yeah, yeah. At least you get your evening back. You know, those yeah. of us in the yeah, central right. time zone here and the guy who called in from Scotland. Well, like, I that guy actually shot. <laughs> should have gone and done something useful like hike or, you know, whatever. But, you know, I get caught up watching these this terrible team but <laughs> you know um so yeah i i uh just had a good analogy i guess where um for this biking season so it's kind of like you know when you've had a crappy week at work and you're just excited for a, a party coming up on the weekend um and you're just like okay like this will be good and you get there and it's just kind of like hmm this is pretty lame. <laughs> Start out what Owen for or whatever it is. Um, you're like, okay, you know, I had a hard hard week, so I'd like to kind of have fun. Stick around, stick around, and then, you know, you just realize, okay, it's not happening. It's not happening, <laughs> and you're like, okay, I'm just going to go home and I'm going to be productive the next day, and uh, we'll just kind of move on. Then, you know, you get a little slight glimmer of hope because something, you know, some fun people show up or whatever like that. So you're like, okay, I'll stick around for another drink or two, something like that. And you keep going. And then you're like, all right, now I'm now I'm on board. I'm ready to go. And then you're like, all right, I'm just going to be all in. And uh, now you're, you've just kind of committed and you're you're opening up the vein or whatever. And now you just got to keep going. And unfortunately... Um, you just realize, wow, I made a big mistake. <laughs> and you're like, I'm just going to pay for this because clearly, you know, there, we're all in for the tank for Trevor. And then they, they mess that up. And so you're like, okay, well, I'm just going to have a fun time and go along for the ride and just hope for the wins. And now they mess that up as well. So it's just like, you're, you're kind of, uh, just going to be waking up in the morning and just being like, okay, I got nothing to show for this. <laughs> what a yeah, headache. You know, a big Mike, old headache. 
Mike, thanks for jumping on. Uh, thank, thanks for the party analogy. I want to I want to piggyback off Mike's analogy because we've all been there before. Oh, yeah. When uh, things are going, Declan's been there. Probably, probably was there last night. Where, well, actually, no, because we're in a shutdown now. But in Minnesota, mm-hmm. where things are going pretty well between midnight and two o'clock, and then the lights come on at the bar, and you're like, or they're like, ooh, you know, that's what happened today for the Viking season. The lights or came Del- on at the bar at two o'clock in the morning. <laughs> at, at the absolute key time, Dalvin left. That's the problem. He, he's like, I'm going home now. I'm sober, and you're like, no, but dude, you're the life of the party. You can't go home. He's like, bye, Kirk. Kirk's staying. You're like, what? Are you sure about that? Yeah. Oh, Thanks a lot, Delvin. Dex, who else we got here? Yeah, let's Viking, go to, uh, just to reset real quick, Vikings Vent Line, if you're just joining us, powered by Corona Heart Seltzer, Mackie and Judd. Uh, Declan is taking your submissions. People are asking in the chat. I don't know if it depends on what device you're watching on, but on the bottom scroll, uh, the email address, if you want to be part of the video, you can email vikingsventline at gmail.com, and we may be able to send you the invite if we're not too crowded here. But let's uh, let's get to our next one. Let's go to uh, Paul Fritz Skull, who uh, returns to the show after a couple weeks off. Paul Fritz Skull, what's up, buddy? Oh, you're, I think you're, you're, you're muted. You unmute your mic there. There we go. There it's you unmuted. go. I think hey, the yeah. dogs want to join us. Hey, nice. I don't know if it's been addressed yet, but I want to address the elephant in the room. And maybe it's that woe is me. But if I was making that pie chart of blame, there is a large piece of that pecan pie that is going to the referees. 50% is going to that officiating crew because Adam Thielen, I thought was about to get in a fist fight with him. And I don't know how many times when there was blatant flags that should have been thrown, they didn't get a single one. Now I know that comes down to, all right, we're feeling sorry for ourselves. We're not getting any breaks. And then you're like, well, that was an egregious play. Where's the flag? And the refs are like, Oh, that's a hot girl in the stands. Oh, there's no fans. And then what happens? We have the only, <laughs> in like the last decade, the only time we do a fake punt, our guy gets so excited. He's running and jumping. He's like your puppy you just let inside. Like, pet me, pet me, pet me. <laughs> and flag. There's another it, flag. It was a justified flag. I'm not I'm not even so mad at Zimmer in this game. It's Zimmer, like amazing. Zimmer tried. He tried. That defense fell flat on his face today. Um Kubiak, I'm a little upset at him. He's going to get a little piece of that pie and that part, that pie chart of blame because we all know under two minutes left, Kirk Cousins has the ball. And I'm not mad at Kirk. Kirk played a good game. He did. I'm not like, hey, Kirk Cousins, MVP, sign him 10 more years for a billion dollars. That's not what I'm saying. But Kirk <laughs> did play a good game. But he went to his safety blanket. He was that four-year-old child that grabbed that blanket, walked back to the bedroom, and said, Adam Thielen, where are you at? Adam! They took Delvin off the field, like Judd said. Just put 33 back there and run a wildcat in under two minutes. That's all I ask. <laughs> wildcat. If you get, if, honestly, if you could go back and re-rack that drive, knowing knowing how it just completely crapped out, if you ran wildcat on every play for that drive, knowing that the clock was running and you only have one timeout, would they have had a better chance of getting into field goal range than they did Absolutely. with what they tried? The only, they, the only time they probably I, did. Sort of three the only yards. time I think the referees <laughs> threw a flag is on that PAT. That guy was offsides by half a day, and they were like, well, I guess we got to throw a flag here. And everybody was like, okay, yeah, no joke. Huh? Like, I, I'm surprised you threw the flag there. Hey, Pulford, Pulford, the, the problem is this. All of the 
goodwill that we had in this state towards officials was used up on Friday night during the Purdue <laughs> golfer game because of that call <laughs> on the Purdue tight end. That took away all goodwill that officiating was going to give us in sports for the next uh, three days. So that's the problem. When they called that tight end for uh, the, the OPI, that was it. We were done with getting calls our way for the weekend. The, the Cowboys had two weeks to prepare for this game. I, I know the Vikings had a short week. I, that's not an excuse. But the Cowboys, if you guys notice the exact same thing that what I was watching during this game, and I'm down here in Tennessee right outside Nashville, so they, I was watching a sports bar, and they had the stupid Packers on the loudspeaker, and uh, then I got to listen to them cry. So that, that, uh, that made it a little bittersweet. But the Cowboys, what did they do? They checked the ball down, and they handed it off. They checked it down and handed it off. Did Andy Dalton get back there where he could get sacked? Nope, because what happened when he dropped back? The Vikings got to him, and they knew how to beat this Vikings defense because they said, oh, we can't have him time back there. That big red rocket, no way, not a chance. They said, throw it five yards, throw it six yards, give it to Zeke. Well, give it to what's his name, that Pollard kid. Pollard, yeah. Yeah, he'll run it to the house because our cornerback's over there on a smoke break. Yeah, give it. Yeah, I think the strategy going forward is if if you ever if you ever see Chris Jones in the game, just call a run play right at him, and he will matador his way off to the left, forty two yard touchdown. I got to You guys will laugh at this too. So one of the other Vikings podcasts I watched this week, we were talking in about the cornerbacks, and how and we we literally just signed our death certificate last week, and uh, and I made a comment in there. I'm like, man, Chris Jones, he's really stepped up. He was working at Lowe's last week. And he replied back in the comments, and he's like, man, I've been in the league all year long. What? And, uh, yeah. He <laughs> wow, really? You got to reply? Yeah, he replied back to me. He's like, man, I've been in the league all year. And I was like, hey, man, you've been playing really good. You know, we appreciate, you know, your services. And then this happened. I think you might have to go back into that comment section and let him know what you what, what, what well, you really think of his I performance. I think he was today. playing part, part of the – year if i'm not mistaken for detroit so to say that he's been in the league the entire year is sort of not true like detroit doesn't count sorry (laughs) like if you're with detroit you're not really in the national football league you're getting paid to play football but i'm not sure what that league is okay they got shut out today by the way and you guys tell me this too and i think like chancy hit the nail on the head there too i love love we i think we all love chancy here uh how many of you and i think all the listeners will probably agree with me too the Vikings got the ball back with under two minutes, and we all knew what was about to happen. Seattle, <laughs> the Titans game, the exact same yeah. thing. We couldn't even get a first down. Yep, and you know what, Pulford, thanks for coming on, dude. We appreciate it. Hopefully we'll uh, we'll see you next week after the Teddy Bridgewater game. Great horseshoe and- dip he's got in there. Yeah, a lot of a lot of people. I think I think we might have to rename Pulford Skull to S K O A L for yeah. uh, the weeks going forward. Big 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 fan. A lot of people big fans of the hour dip. The Adrian Peterson. I just ran right. for two hundred yards and my day is over. Dip cup on the sidelines. Um, but I just want so I, I want to bring up this point without focusing specifically on Kirk because I think a lot of people, Judd, Chancy have brought up sort of systematic issues with how the Vikings go about, like if the Vikings don't have a lead and they're not, you know, and they're not, um, you know, leveraging play action for their passing attack. If it's five wide and it's just, Hey, defensive ends are going to pin their ears back and the quarterback has to make something happen. And the offensive line has to hold up. They're screwed in those situations. And 
I just want to highlight whether it's systematic or whether it's the quarterback not being mobile or any number of different things. If you can't convert those situations into at least game tying field goals and ideally game winning touchdowns more than once every three years, you have a problem. And if you want to, if you want to, if you want to blame Kirk for all those, you can. If you want to blame the offensive philosophy, you can. If you want to blame the offensive line, we can have that discussion. But the reality is, Kirk Cousins has been the starting quarterback for almost three full seasons. This has been the Vikings' offensive approach for all three of those seasons, and even going back further. Um, and and they have one fourth quarter comeback victory over that stretch. That yeah, is a huge problem in a league in which you're going to be trailing in the fourth quarter a lot. It's the freaking NFL. Well, if if I was to just tell you without n- naming names that in 2020 that your offense was going to be focused around the run and not the pass and that you were actually going to have a quarterback who could pass and could manage the game, but you were afraid to put him in crucial situations. So your back was the, the key guy. I think that you would tell me that's a formula that's not going to consistently be possible to win games. Like it mm-hmm. might win you some games, but if, if you were to t- strip out the names and just go with what the Vikings fundamental offensive philosophy is, I think that we would all say that's probably really dicey and it's probably yeah. not a good starting point. And that's, that's, that's that. But uh, what, one thing that we should bring up here too: 180 yards rushing against today. Zeke had, I think, 103, but the uh, the Cowboys rushed for 180 yards against the Vikings. That is not acceptable. Like, that is a really bad – that that's how Andy Dalton looks good. Mm-hmm. I mean, yeah. that's how he has a really nice day because yeah. their ground game was was way too successful against a defense that has problems. I get that, but I really thought that there had been some uh, progress made in that area in the last three weeks since the bye. Yeah, and just, okay, we have a comment on the screen here from LeBronFan23, all caps. Kirk is not the problem. It's the defense. Kirk played well. And I just want to, I just want to, let's replace in this exercise, let's replace the word Kirk with Vikings offensive setup. Okay, let's, let's, so take Kirk's name out and let's read this again. Vikings offensive setup. All right. You're going to be trailing in the fourth quarter in the NFL. I don't care if it's 38 to 35 or if it's 10 to 6. I don't care if your defense gave up seven touchdowns or if your defense has been amazing. It is the NFL. You're going to be trailing in the fourth quarter on a pretty regular basis. Like a lot of the best teams do. The Kansas City Chiefs trail in the fourth quarter sometimes because that's how the NFL works. Can you overcome deficits in the fourth quarter and win those games? And the answer for, again, I'm, I'm going to take Kirk's name out of this. The answer for the Vikings offensive setup over the last three years is no in every instance except one. And you got the ball back with 137 left. There was a ton of time, a timeout, 137. So not, not you know, 30 seconds left. So you had time to, as they say, matriculate down the field and set something up, and you went for and out. That's a problem. You know, I, I don't, we, we don't have to blame Kirk here. Um, what we have to do is say why in three situations this year, when you had time to move and time to set up what could have been at least giving yourself a chance for a win, Tennessee, Seattle, and today, why did it feel like you didn't have a, a chance? One minute, 37 seconds left is a lot of time. It's a lot of time, and you could not get a first down, okay? I don't care who you blame. There's a problem there. Like that can't be a, well, we tried. 
Like that can't be the answer. Yep. Um, so if if you if you want to absolve the quarterback, that's fine. But from a starting point, tell me what is wrong where you consistently can't do this in a league, by the way, where it is required that to win a championship, this be part part of your team. Your DNA has to have a part that says late games looks tough. We embrace that. Not late games looks tough. Oh my God, we're dead. Because that's what we're saying right now. Yeah. Uh, who's, our, who's our next guest here on Vikings Ventline, Dex? Let's go to Tyler. Tyler, you're on a uh, Vikings event line, dude. How you doing? Yo, what's going? What's going on, guys? <laughs> what's up, Tyler? Tyler? Fire away. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yo, what's going on? So yeah, you guys pretty much just nailed everything to a T. I really don't have much. Um, where you guys were talking about, like uh, when you guys dive this week, uh, I want to know where we position for our two minute offense. Um, I think it's the worst in the league, honestly. When we get to, when we get the ball, two minutes left in the game. We do nothing with it. Absolutely nothing mm-hmm. with it. Um, I did. It started off with the checkdown pass. Uh, he was getting pressured a little bit. Kirk was, and you're telling me right now, Justin Jefferson. You know, name them all: Irv, uh, Rudolph, all them. We cannot carve that defense to score a touchdown. You know what I mean? I mean, help me it's, out here. Yeah. <laughs> so no, no, can't. One hundred percent. Yeah, I mean, it's as, as soon as you take away the threat of Dalvin Cook. And as soon as the defense knows that you have to pass, this team can't move the ball. This is a fact. And, uh, like they even, can't move the ball. Even for, even went back from last week, and I think it was like a minute thirty three left in the Bears game. And before halftime, remember they like ended up just running the ball once or twice and taking a knee. Like why can't we just turn that into points somehow? A minute thirty three of two timeouts left. Why can't we just tr- at least try? You're right. Yeah. And I know Aaron Rodgers lost. Aaron Rodgers lost. But uh, guess what he did? He took his team down all the way down to tie it up with the field goal. And I'm not saying Kurt Aaron Rodgers, but like you guys always say, he's getting paid Aaron Rodgers money. So, Yeah, man. Tyler. I'm over it. Right. <laughs> I'm over it. <laughs> Thanks for coming on, dude. I think, you're you, right. I think your frustrations are pretty similar to what a lot of people are feeling right now after watching this thing. So uh, let's keep rolling here. We have, a, we have a full room. I see a bunch of people still trying to get in. So we'll, we'll try and get to as many people as we can here on Vikings Vent Line live on the – Purple Daily YouTube channel, youtube.com slash Purple Daily Podcast. If you could click that subscribe button, or if you could also download the audio version on Apple, Spotify, and scorenorth.com, you'd you'd enjoy seven days a week of masochistic Vikings discussion. It'd be great. <laughs> let's, uh, let's go to our guy, Raymond. Raymond, what's up, buddy? What's up, guys? Uh, so I'm with uh, Judd here. Uh, why are we trying to win in a COVID season like where nothing really matters? Like I just don't understand. Like what are we trying to do? Like this is the definition of insanity. Like we are trying to win and win for no reason. We're gonna go eight and eight this year, six and ten, whatever we do. Like we're gonna do that. Pick a cornerback in the first round, and we're gonna like that's what we're gonna do. Like this is what we're doing right now. Like I'm so frustrated, guys. I'm just. I love you guys. Listen to you guys every day at work. I'm just like, Judd, you're my guy. Like, I don't understand. Like, what Thank are you. we doing here? What are we doing here? That's my, that's my banging our collective heads and skulls against the wall at every turn. And here's the problem too. Everyone's safe now. No one, no one, you know, Zim, Zim is safe. Spielman is safe. Um, 
And so you might be right. Like they might be drafting, let's say they draft like 14th or something. They might go corner. I don't know. And I don't trust them to take a quarterback because I don't think that they are confident enough in themselves to think that they'll be right at that, at that pick. Um, so yeah, it's, it is look personally, I think the best path would have been to continue to lose. But as a person that has to watch this team, I like sort of embraced this run. And I thought, well, if they're on the right track, this is cool. But then it goes back to what we discussed when they did uh, win the Packers game, which is you got to go now. And like, you got to beat the Cowboys and you should beat Carolina and Jacksonville. And I don't want to hear all all we're building now. Um, And it feels like today sets you back. And this is a tough loss because you actually, your formula for the most part, at least offensively, actually did work today. The problem is it got too close, and and when the Vikings have to touch that stove at the end, it feels hopeless. But the problem, you know, the Falcons game was disappointing, was terrible, but they just got blown out and they played like crap. This was actually a game where you could have won and, and you turned the game over with, you know, bad special teams, um, again, a late drive that went nowhere. And so it is really frustrating because I think a fair question to the franchise itself is what's your path here and what are you doing? Like, what are your, what are your intentions with this team? And I, I don't know. I really don't know. Sorry. I don't know either. I don't know. Yeah. Dude, Raymond, thanks for coming on, dude. And, and uh, I, I don't know. You get, looks like you got a bunch of Vikings fans in there. Yeah. So to, to anyone, uh, we recommend Corona hard seltzer tonight. <laughs> right. Yeah. Be responsible, of course. <laughs> All right. See you, Raymond. Let's keep rolling here, Dex. Who else For we sure. got? Let's, uh, let's go to Dylan. Dylan, what are, you, what are you sipping on there, my man? It doesn't look, is there a Corona Hard Seltzer? <laughs> uh, well, hey, guys, I got a seltzer in there for sure. But um, here's the deal here. You guys can hear me pretty well? Yep. Yes, yep. Sir. All right, cool. So I'll never forget a couple of years ago. I, w- I went to the Pro Bowl, right, in Orlando. And I saw Patrick Mahomes up close and personal, right? And and the dude says hut and he climbs the pocket and tucks the ball so well when those those tackles collapse. And I think that's what Kirk Cousins is missing. So once he starts running off to the left or the right, it looks like he took a dump in his shorts and he just high knees his way over there. He doesn't know what he's doing. I think that's the problem. I'm, I'm telling you. <laughs> so what we're doing here, I'm serious. So what what's going to happen here is the Vikings are going to take Wyatt Davis out of Ohio State, the guard. That's kind of where we're sitting at. So we're gonna we're gonna take a guard. But if we took Justin Fields, just trade two first round picks, take Justin Fields. Let even if he has to sit behind Kirk Cousins, we're fine. I'm telling you, that is just that's the move. Like that, that's what we got to do. Yeah, Dylan, uh, I I agree on the. It is hilarious, man. Like he's that's he, a great line. He, he 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 got outside the pocket a couple times today, and it's just you're just like praying that he gets to the sidelines because you're just waiting for a semi truck to come over and T-bone him right like a yard from the from the boundary. It's like, oh my God. I mean, oh. if you gotta sit there and say you gotta work on running more, I mean you just know you're overthinking it. Like that's the problem. Like it's gotta be natural and it's just not natural, you know. That's nope. that's the issue. Yeah. Dylan, thanks for coming on, man. We appreciate right. it. Great, great analogy, dude. Great analogy. Yep. <laughs> one thing one thing that I want to broach to give serious thought to and just like tuck this away for now. But would you consider including if you could in a trade package yes, yes. to move up Daniil Hunter? I knew you were going there because the he's going because here's the thing neck in, injury. And it looks like the steam is absolutely correct. He wants to come back as the highest paid pass rushing end in the national football league next year. If he didn't, then I'd be like, I wouldn't yeah. trade him. I, I love him. 
Here's the thing. This is think the, about it. Because so I, I feel like we should do a deep dive into this. We should just devote a, a Purple Daily episode at some point to this. But this came up briefly, I think, on Mackie and Judd a month or two back. And the argument and the notion was, would you trade a first round pick and Daniel Hunter to guarantee like Justin Fields or a franchise changing like Trevor Lawrence, whatever that looks like? Would you go to the Jets and say, listen, you guys already have Sam Darnold. Why don't you take another run with Sam Darnold and just you know get some better coaches in here and, and, and work with him? Sure. We'll take the number one pick off your hands and we'll draft Trevor Lawrence. We'll give you an elite pass rusher and a first round pick that will also be fairly high, right? And the pushback is, well, Daniel Hunter's the best pass rusher in the NFL. Well, you can't get rid of him, to which I say, it doesn't matter if you don't have a quarterback that can carry your franchise too. And so I would rather surefire get that quarterback and then try to find the next Daniel Hunter somewhere else. Would you do it for and continue to play this game of of mediocre quarterbacks that make too much money? Would you do it for Justin Fields? Because I don't think the Jets yes. would. I don't think the Jets would do that trade. I think you might have an off chance at getting the Fields pick, though. I, I think that might be possible. I would a hundred percent. I would. He trade. wants to break your bank, and I don't know that you can afford him. Mm-hmm. I would trade Daniel Hunter and my first my first round pick. Let's say the eleventh overall pick for Justin Fields, and if they could kick in like a fourth rounder just to you know give me a an extra shot at a pass rusher in the middle rounds or something like sure. all day long, I would do that. And okay. I actually think other teams, if given medical clearance on the neck surgery, I think other teams would consider it too. We should do a full, a full dive into yep. that at some point. It's reckless, but it is very, very, very reckless. reckless. Yeah. Who else we got Dex? Let's go to a uh, loyal listener. Kip Kip. What's up, buddy? Hey guys. I just, uh, to, to Phil's point, Kirk cousins or the offense philosophy it's kind of like that new car you get, you know, it, it smells really nice, but you don't want to take it out in traffic. So pick whatever sports car oh. you want to put in there, uh, Camaro, and, and, and you only take it like during the summer. But, you know, if it starts to rain, you pack it in. And I I, I was I was waiting for the ball to drop um, because I was like, Kirk Cousins is playing way too good in the situation. And as soon as the two minute drive happened, I heard Declan pop two Corona hard seltzers and start chugging because we all knew it was, we all knew it was going to happen. Mm. And um, my, my my question is is do you think the two turnovers because I don't think they were Kirk's fault I think they were just really good defensive plays um, with the with the Dalvin hit and then at the end and I think they just got too conservative. Man, the defense came to play today. We 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 got to go back rely on Dalvin because. They were rolling through the field, and you're thinking, okay, you know, they played cruddy the first half, and then they came out and just, you know, he came back, and every time Dallas scored, he, you know, Kirk answered with the, with the touchdown. So I think it, it's kind of like that sports car. You don't want to get it dirty, so now it's time to trade it in for the newer model. Heck, I, I'd even ship off Anthony Barr as well, too, with, with the Neil Hunter, and I'd sit Zim down in the offseason and say, Zim, we're going to ship off your, your your players, but we're going to get a really good mobile quarterback, and we're going to have Gary develop him, and then you can develop your fourth and fifth rounders because you've done a really good job, and we're gonna we're gonna hog tie Zim in the closet in the first in the first round, so he can't say go get that <laughs> tackle. So I, I that's just my conspiracy theory, and and I'm, I'm waiting for Sports Dad to just do the take because I love Judge takes, and I thought he was spot on today. They just don't trust them. They do not trust. They're, they're going to just 
hold them back, and then they can go at the end of the season when the Wolves are saying, all right, who's going to get fired? They're going to say, all right, trade Kirk to San Francisco now because it was all his fault because I got a, all my players opted out. So yeah. and it's not our fault. So that's just my thoughts. And enjoy the show as always. And I, I'm at work, so I can't enjoy a hard seltzer, but I'll enjoy one later on today because I'm going to need it because all my Redskin fans are – are mad at me. All my buddies are mad at me because they wanted us to beat Dallas today so they can have a good Thanksgiving. So, <laughs> Kip, thanks we for coming on, man. Thanks, Kip. All right, peace out, Kip. It's good stuff, man. Hey, I got I got another reckless speculation okay. idea for you guys. So, you know, this this Mike Zimmer. I think I think Mike Zimmer is having a great season as a coach for the most part. People are going to rip him for the defensive performance today. I mean, he's literally working with backups and rookies, and games like today are going to happen. It's not ideal. The defense is ranked in the bottom third of almost every meaningful category. So this is not a great, this is probably the worst defensive season that he has overseen as a coordinator or head coach in 20 years. But I also think that he's done a good job in a lot of ways. If they continue to win some of these games and they go seven and nine and the defense shows some progress, I think this season will, will be looked at league wide as Mike Zimmer doing a pretty good job. Like, wow, pandemic year, a bunch of 15 rookies. In 2002, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, I've got this in front of me here. The Oakland Raiders sent John Gruden to Tampa Bay in exchange for two first-round picks, two second-round picks, and cash. Mm -hmm. Do you think the Dallas Cowboys would send a first-round pick to the Minnesota Vikings for Mike Zimmer? If if they go 7-9, show fight. The the problem is... uh, if if that were a possibility for Jerry and the boys, I think it actually was hurt today because McCarthy won a third game, mm-hmm. and you're saying now, oh look at this, and and McCarthy called a nice game, so um, I think the possibility of McCarthy being fired after one year decreases each time the Cowboys look okay, which they did today. So my answer right now would probably be no. Now if the Cowboys lose out and are terrible. It's a possibility, but um, I really think that your chance to pull off a trade with the Cowboys that involved your coach was last year. That I mean, that Saints game, too, which saved Mike, I think. But that Saints game, I think, would have been the time to call up the Cowboys and say, you know what, Mike's been really good here, but it's been a, a while and and things aren't as good as we'd like them, but he's still got a lot left in the coaching tank. So I really think the time, if you were going to get like a first-round pick or a first and third for – Zimmer's rights would have been last year after the Vikings beat the Saints yeah. uh, because I, I think Jerry would have said at that time, hell yeah, look at you know, he's great defensively, he just won a playoff game, so I think they missed the window. I'm just thinking about you know making the shift organizationally to just a more offensive forward mindset and to be able to really capitalize in the two-minute drill more often, right? Oh, and absolutely, Phil. And that would just be great, and if you could, yeah. you, you think about and I, and, I, and I don't think this is just wild speculation. I think Dallas had interests less than a year ago in trading for Mike Zimmer. There were reports out there. Mm-hmm. And obviously they're paying Mike McCarthy a bunch of money, but they're they're terrible. And they're probably going to finish like 6-10 and 10 or something. Even if they have to go on a run to finish 6-10 and 10 at this point. But if you were to get a first-round pick for Mike Zimmer, you would then have enough ammunition with two first-round picks in the top 15 most likely to trade up into the top five if you wanted to Mm-hmm. to get a franchise quarterback, and then you could hire Eric Bieniemy as your head coach. That's a scenario that makes me very excited. And I don't think it's, com- I don't think it's completely, like, it's not just like, 
never going to happen. I think I think if the Dallas Cowboys finish like six and ten, and Mike McCarthy is still hated by players, I think there's a good chance Jerry Jones, you know, as he gets older, what is he like eighty years old? I mean, Jerry Jones at some point like dude wants to win another Super Bowl without Jimmy Johnson, Mm -hmm. and uh, and he loves Mike Zimmer, so just. Just throwing it out there. We can do a deeper dive as we get further. Your window, your window I think, passed, unfortunately. Because okay. I, re- mm-hmm. I really think it was there. Uh, and, and I think that the, the steam at the time about the trade was completely legit. And I think when you said, oh, no, we're keeping them and we're signing them to a three-year extension, I think that probably damaged your chances of doing that. Which, by the way, I did endorse at the time and was very intrigued by the possibility. Al Einstein chimes in in the YouTube comments. Wow, you guys are playing Madden. Welcome to Reckless Speculation with Mackie and Judd. That's, That's what we right. do here. Yes. All right, who else we got? Let's bring another guest in, Declan. Viking Let's go Mountain. to uh, Mike, who is calling us from, I believe, New York. Mike, what's going on, dude? Mike, I think you're muted. Just got to unmute your mic. There hey, you go. Mike. Yep, I got it. Oh, there Mike, we go. Mike, there we go. Mike, unmute your mic. Yeah, because it's the first time, guys, so just, just bear with me here. Uh, Mike's, like, Mike's like, first time I'm, using the computer tonight. That's great. I'm, I'm, ex- I'm excited to talk to you guys. My son hooked, hooked me up with you guys. I didn't even know what this was until um, I've been up in Minneapolis. I was at the Minneapolis Miracle Game. People around here can't believe I've been a Vikings fan. But there's a lot of Vikings fans, first of all, all over the place. As you know, we just heard Portland, Oregon, Nashville, Tennessee. They're all over the place. I mean, we got a bar here that'll have 150 Vikings fans in Rochester, New York. I mean, it is really a disease. I got my brother, my son, my daughter are all hooked up on this stuff. So, but I really want to just on this stuff because I haven't been able to. What's that? Nothing. Just it was inj- just a good line. In, in, inject the inject yeah. the Vikings on Vikings yeah. cocaine, basically. Right. Yeah. Viking heroin. It's crazy because it's an addicting thing since 1973 when I saw him lose three out of the first four Super Bowls at a real young age. So I want to just go out and say, listen, I'm sorry, Declan, that I don't have the Corona Seltzer. We had Bud Light Seltzer, but I would definitely make sure I'm on the show next time and do Corona Seltzer because it is the best stuff. Number Love one. It. Thanks, dude. Um, Check, checks in the mail, Mike. Thanks, yeah. Red. Mackie, unbelievable. I, I, the one thing you've stayed positive this whole time, and it's very hard when you're one in five and, you know, you're getting a lot of this negativity. The one thing I really wanted to, to point out with you is staying positive during this time when a playoff run really does make a difference, especially for the Vikings and especially for the NFC, which today is still wide open. If you watch the Saints today, I know they won. You will, you will see the Bucks tomorrow, but those maybe are the two best teams. You get in, you can do something in the NFC. It's not the AFC right now. So I like the positivity of people are saying, you know, tank for Trevor, do this. You know, you don't want to do that. If we want to keep this coach, this, um, you know, the system going, okay, you might have a down year, but you can get hot at the end. We saw some wildcard teams do that. Green Bay's won it. Pittsburgh's won it. It actually, it actually is a little bit of like a, um, like a like a Giants two thousand seven two thousand eleven formula. But but they need Daniel Hunter to pull it off. They, I think. they do. Like, they you do. Need the, you need the Strahan. You're right, and the defense is is where it is. But I just wanted to get, point out each one for Declan and one for for Matt for Mackey. And but I really want to say to Judd, you you opened my heart about three or four weeks ago when people have been getting down on you. And I'm telling you, I can relate being 52 years old and being a fan since I've been five years old. All we want is one. That's all we want. I don't want to hear about playoffs. I don't want to hear about this and that and the whole thing. 
it is only about a championship in Minneapolis. I was ready to go back. I was in the Minneapolis Miracle. I definitely was staying positive because I've been a pessimistic fan for so long. I am going, to, not going to go to Philadelphia with my friend who's an Eagles fan. We're going to win, and I'm coming back to the Super Bowl because this is finally we got over, and we still can't do it. So, so talk about the heartbreaks. Talk about all that stuff, and it's just to the point where Judd hit it so – you made call it therapy. You hit it so hard when, again, I know people want to talk. I've been a Vikings fan. I know more than just about it, except for maybe you guys. But I, I know this team, and I know this franchise, and we should have won a few Super Bowls already. For some of these teams that have won championships in all four major sports, for us, we still have the Black Cloud, the Cubs no more, the Red Sox no more, the Buccaneers. Everybody talks about the Bills. Bills did it in four years. We've been doing it for 40 years. It's so painful. So thank you for the therapy because you were absolutely right. We're not, I don't want a playoff. I don't want a 14 and two record. I don't want a 15 and one because we saw what we did in 98. So I want a championship. This team, this city, deserves a champion. I'm from Rochester, New York, and that city in Minneapolis, the Twin Cities, need a champion, not the Lynx. Okay, it's great. We need one of the four, okay? We need that, and I want it to be the Vikings because that's a team that deserved it. And all I'll say after that, because thank you for letting me vent, um, is we have to we have to say that the defense isn't there like you said, but all I want Zim to do he can now because, okay, if the playoffs are even on the outskirts, take some chances on defense, please. You don't have the players, but come up with a come up with a way. You have a defensive scheme. You're a smart guy. Take some chances, and I won't even yell at you. If you, you took a chance and you did something wrong, but you at least took a chance for us to try to win a game on the defensive side of things. And then the other thing is Kirk, again, he had a great game. I don't dislike Kirk. He's not a championship-style quarterback, but here's the bottom line. He had a great game. I'd rather him have 150 yards less, even an interception, another less touchdown, but do it on the last drive. He's not doing it, and it's not even that last drive that he couldn't do it. How about the one before? I The second drive, there's a lot of drives that they don't do when they're rolling, and then the one that they really need to just put some more minutes on the, the down on the clock or get another field goal or do something, they just they just tend to blow it. So I'm sorry, guys. Thank you. You guys are awesome. And I just wanted to say those things. And, yes, get just get into the class. And one last thing, sorry. You guys, one thing, and now it's going to be a little on the critical side, but over the past weeks, all I've been hearing about is Jefferson. He's great. I love him. I'm glad he's with us. Yeah, he dropped a pass today, a critical pass, but I can forgive him. He's going to be a net net player in the future. But no one's, and everybody's talking about Diggs and all these other players. I'm sorry, guys. When it's on the line, Adam Thielen. No one's giving him credit. Adam Thielen makes catches, he makes plays. I think maybe because he's not as athletic as a. Let's give Thielen. He's our number one receiver. I'm sorry. Right now, I'd rather go to him than Jefferson. That's all. Down the road, Jefferson will be the man. He'll be better than Diggs. He'll be great. That was my thing. So uh, thank you guys. You guys are awesome. Mike, thanks for bringing the passion, dude. Thanks for discovering the show. And uh, tell your friends in those New York bars, too, to to check us out. Vikings, Van Lyon, Purple Daily. I think Mike speaks for me. Mike and Judd speak for a, a generation of People who have watched this team for fifty years go nine and seven, ten and six. Who cares? 
Who, who mm-hmm. I, don't, I don't care about the wild card round and the divisional round. Right. What, what are you doing to win a Super Bowl? And so when people sit on here and like, you guys are too hard on Kirk. Kirk can't get it done in the two-minute drill. You're going to win a Super Bowl with a quarterback that cannot get it done in the two-minute drill? And so quite frankly, the more I sit here and think about this, like praising him for the perfect passer rating in the first three and a half quarters, who cares? I mean, that's a microcosm of Vikings history. Perfect for the first three and a half quarters until you get to the 98 NFC Championship game, fourth quarter time, until you get to that Saints game in 2009. Everything's perfect until the very end. I I don't care about the first three and a half quarters anymore. I mean, the Twins are the same way, by the way. Oh, the Twins are great in the regular season. Okay. They can't score a run against the Yankees. The Vikings problem, too, is, is, and what's tough about this team in particular is this team is structured and built for its defense to be great, but it's not. So, so like the offense is actually structured to do what it sort of did today, but it can't be down late, which is a ridiculous thing on my part to say, but it's true. But like they're operating still like, like they're dealing with a defense that's really, really good. Mm-hmm. Um, and they were at one time. They're not now. But, but the problem is this game was lost. I mean, if you look at the ingredients to why today's game was lost, Phil, the ingredients um, uh, scream of you're structured in a way that you're really not built. Uh, because if your defense was as stout and, and as good as a lot of Mike's defenses have been previously, this game is a win for sure. Uh, so you're really not adjusting and you're trusting your defense to do something that it really can't do. And, and it's just not built to like, there's no, it's hard to pick on, on players individually as a whole, because a lot of them are being put in positions that you simply shouldn't be asking them. You know, uh, Kendricks is great. And that pick was fantastic today. It was a great pick. Smith is great. Harris, I think is solid, but you're also dealing especially interior defensive line wise and corner wise with a lot of guys who you're counting on to make big plays who simply don't have the capability, at least right now of making those plays. Mm-hmm. Who else we got Dex? Let's get to another yeah. guest here. For sure. We usually wrap with this guy, but uh, we'll, we'll go to Darian right now. Darian, what's hey, up? Darian. What's going on? Um, That was a very like powerful, passionate from the last Vikings fan. But last time I checked, is the season over? I just, I just want to really want to know that. Uh, um, I think we still have a decent chance to win the NFC North. Uh, we, obviously, Green Bay is capable of losing. So I think we still have a chance at that. And then uh, also the fact that um, isn't it so Vikings to just lose a dumb game like this and then yes. win a game, win the games? Like, now I yes. feel more confident that we're going to beat the Bucks when, they, when we come up <laughs> against the Bucks. <laughs> You're that, right. That, these are the type of games that, you know, this every year. So, and then the other thing I wanted to address, you did say something about Justin Fields. I don't know if you got a chance to check him out this past weekend. Yeah. Um, As far as with adversity, I didn't like how he responded to it when things aren't going the way they're supposed to go. But there's this guy named Penix, Michael Penix, that plays for Indiana. I've been watching him all year. Mm-hmm. I think if anybody deserves a shot, I think we should – definitely go for him and then that'll probably be like at the end of Kirk Cousins contract we don't have to worry about that you know you have to find a way to spend a whole bunch of money just to get rid of Kirk but that's just my you know my defense as far as with that but as far as with the defense and everything I mean good game until the end 
<laughs> um, but like I said, the like I said, I don't I don't believe in just giving up the season just yet, just because I mean, like I said, we always lose dumb games like this. This is almost like the equivalent of losing to uh, a hopeless Chicago Bears the last game of the season. You know, this is kind of like the same thing for me. So as far as like going forward, I think you know, just dial it back just a little bit. Just right, so, a bit. so, so you're still you're still keeping the faith, Darian. Thanks for jumping on, man. We always appreciate your uh, your optimistic viewpoint <laughs> on the team. A lot of people hammering you in the comment section, saying this. You know, Apex Legends gamer says no chance they win the NFC North. They probably do have to run the table to win the division at this point because they have to hop mm-hmm. both the Bears and the Packers. Um, if they win their next two home games, they would be 500. And the team to really watch, I think, is Arizona because Arizona plays a couple tough games coming up. So is it a complete official death knell that they lost this game? Not if they win their next two, but then they probably have to beat either Tampa or the Saints and Chicago and Detroit. So there's really no no slip ups the rest of the way. Let's go to the next one here, Dex. Yeah, let's go. Let's go to uh Skull Gang. Skull Gang. We'll uh we'll wrap up with you here on Vikings Event Lane. You got us. Hey Skull Gang. What's there up, buddy? Go. What's up, yeah, Skull Gang? Yeah, what's going on, guys? Thanks for having me. Um, I want to say that it was a good game. I want to stay positive. Uh, all you guys need to leave Zimmer alone, or I'm going to find you. Leave Zimmer alone. You got <laughs> practice squad freaking corners. Um, that D-line ain't doing anything. Um, I don't think we're going to do much this year, but hopefully we can keep our young guys, uh, get them game uh, experience up to speed for next year. And, um, Oh yeah, I got my my daughter. She wants to say something on here. For sure. Train her up to be a Vikings fan. Go woo! She got shy. Oh, (laughs) okay. She's a little bit like the Vikings. She's been doing it all game, but yeah, she got shy. uh, Raising her up to be a Vikings fan because there you go. Because you know, if she loves the Vikings like I do, no man can ever break her heart like the Vikings can. And I'll end on that. (laughs) Love it. Awesome, whole gang. Thanks for jumping on. Bye. <laughs> That's awesome. I feel like I feel like we've got some strong. borderline uh, borderline child abuse having them watch Vikings games at such a young age. I, yeah, oh, it really is. Start, start them young so they can appreciate the disappointment now, and it'll just become a lifelong thing. <laughs> or, or you know what? Perhaps they they will be my age when the Vikings finally end this godforsaken drought, I'll be long dead and they'll be 50 years old celebrating a Super Bowl championship. How about that? I feel like every, every kid needs their 98 NFC championship game heartbreak to really introduce them to the turmoils of life. Yeah. You got 98, you got 87, you got 2009, <laughs> right? So we're, we're on the precipice because 17 was such a blowout that it really couldn't be considered the true like heartbreak of heartbreaks. It's, it's got to be more. It's got to be more. Uh, the, the Blair Walsh miss should have occurred in a conference championship game. That would have been perfect. Yeah. But the only thing, the, the reason why 2017 is so sneaky is because it that loss to the Eagles, it really served three purposes. It was it was number one, it prevented you from playing a home Super Bowl. All right. Yes. Number well, I should say number one is like it prevented you from winning a Super Bowl. Number yep. two, it prevented you from playing in a home Super Bowl. And then number three, it sort of negated not negated, but it sort of it it watered down the Minneapolis miracle. Yep. If if you if you pay off the Minneapolis miracle and win a Super Bowl, it might be the greatest play of all time because it was a, it was a gateway into something instead mm-hmm. of just a fleeting great play. Well, the, the fan base didn't appreciate that that play itself was your moment. 
What you didn't know was that will not come in a Super Bowl or a conference championship game because you, you got blown out in that game. It came in a divisional playoff game. The appreciation should have been, and it was briefly, this is the type of thing that never happens to Vikings fans. Yeah. Yep. That's what it was. So real quick, just uh, for, for the people hanging out with us here, as we wind down Vikings vent line, thank you for one. We just really appreciate, you know, I think a lot of people are thanking us for being your therapist, but we obviously wouldn't be doing this if not for having all of you hang out with us. Uh, thing number two is we do this, not this interactive, but we do a seven day a week Viking show called Purple Daily if you're new. And you can find that in podcast form on Apple, Spotify, and scorenorth.com, S-K-O-R north.com. You can also find us on YouTube, which is probably where you're watching this right now, youtube.com slash purple daily podcast. Give us a subscription. And then the other two things I want to throw at you guys, we have another show called Mackie and Judd, which you can find also on Apple, Spotify, scorenorth.com. A lot of wolf speculation lately on that show. Um, and then uh, our second YouTube channel is youtube.com slash scorenorthmn. So, and if you, you know, and if you're near an actual traditional radio, you can still find us, Mackie and Judd, from five to six o'clock on Score North Radio, AM fifteen hundred in the Twin Cities. Those are the places you can find us. If you're looking for more Minnesota sports therapy, we are your seasoned veteran therapists here in the Twin Cities. And this is the most interactive show in Minnesota sports. So for a lot of you discovering us for the first time, if you can go tell five friends that are Vikings fans that we exist and uh, they can find us in podcast form or on YouTube, it is super helpful to us and we will keep pumping the content for you guys. So, all right, I'm off my promotional soapbox. That was very good. Ran through a lot of them there. Yeah, that was a good job. Oh, and Corona Hard Seltzer. And Corona, yeah, don't forget the front. Yeah. Do you just exactly. go to sleep at night, like counting how many times you can say it in your head? And like, you're like, instead of people counting sheep, you just like youtube.com slash score north, youtube.com slash purple daily. Corona Seltzer. That's corona right. Seltzer. One Corona Seltzer, two Corona Seltzers. De- <laughs> Declan, one, I just drank 100 Corona Seltzers tonight. Ooh, that sounded like a myth. That was a brick. <laughs> Way to go. Nice pass. Declan. Amazing. Two minutes right. didn't work out so well for you. They did it. <laughs> oh man. All right, guys. We'll uh we'll let Judd get back to work for scorenart.com. We'll let Declan get back to his Corona Hard Seltzers and we'll see you all tomorrow. Thanks for hanging out with us.